What's going on, Dolphins fans? This is another episode of Locked on Dolphins. Your host, Kyle Krabs. The Miami Dolphins have an offensive coordinator. It was announced yesterday they are hiring Frank Smith of the Los Angeles Chargers. And we're also reviewing the Miami Dolphins wide receivers from 2021 and how those players project forward into the coming season under new head coach Mike McDaniel. You are locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? This is your host, Kyle Krabs, here on another episode of Locked On Dolphins, the director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and excited to dig into the wide receivers today on the show, and in addition, give you some of my early thoughts on Frank Smith, the new offensive coordinator of your Miami Dolphins. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Let's get after it. And with that said, uh, the news broke yesterday, Monday, of course, because I did a podcast on Monday morning in regards to uh, the Miami Dolphins offense or coaching staff materializing with the exception of the higher of a quarterbacks coach and an offensive coordinator. Well, we now know who this offensive coordinator is. It is Frank Smith, formerly of the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Frank Smith in 2021 was the run game coordinator and offensive line coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. That's a, a nice layer to his resume for the Dolphins and an offensive coordinator who was an offensive line coach as recently as last year. But his resume beyond that, uh, he was the tight ends coach in Oakland slash Las Vegas with the Raiders from 2018 to 2020, which has given him the opportunity to work with uh, and help develop Darren Waller. He was the tight ends coach in Chicago from 2015 to 2017. He was the assistant offensive line coach with the New Orleans Saints from 2010 to 2014. Then he was offensive coordinator and offensive line coach for the Butler Bulldogs from 2006 to 2009, and a graduate assistant at Miami of Ohio from 2004 to 2005. That's the extent of Frank Smith's coaching resume. And while I am very excited about this collective group, Matt Applebaum from Boston College, impressive resume with the Boston College Eagles on the offensive line as the offensive line coach. Uh, Frank Smith oversaw as the offensive line coach and run game coordinator with the Chargers in 2021, a very significantly improved group. And then obviously Coach Embry is the tight ends coach and assistant uh, head coach of the football team. The point of emphasis for the coaches on the offensive line and the tight ends is very exciting uh, because you think about Miami and the usage of 12 personnel that they've implemented in the past. You think about the struggles on the offensive line and the investment from a coaching staff perspective to get multiple individuals in high level ranks within this organization to help provide some stability on that front. That's chef's kiss. That is all you could possibly hope for is a level of self-awareness in regards to what is good and what is bad and what desperately needs to get fixed. 
And I think everybody can look at the Dolphins' offensive line over the last two or three years and understand that that desperately, desperately needed to get fixed. But as I do kind of observe the staff, I do note one thing that I think we all would have liked to have seen uh, that we don't have too much of as things currently stand on this coaching staff. When Coach Flores was dismissed and we reflected on his experience and we reflected on his coaching staff's experience, the one thing that I think we all kind of gravitated towards and said it would be really nice if we got X with our next coach, especially if the hire was Coach McDaniel, was some coaches with significant experience. And I don't think we got too many of those guys. It makes the hire of John Embry critical. Uh, Embry is 56 years old. He coached for a very long time at both the college and the professional level. Uh, He was the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes for two years at the beginning of this past decade, so about 10 years ago. He was the assistant head coach for the UCLA Bruins for a stretch of time from 2003 to 2005, and uh, assistant head coach in San Francisco from 2017 to 2021. But your OC, not a lot of experience in that role. Your offensive line coach, not a lot of experience at the NFL level. You retain your defensive coordinator. And you know, we, we knew some of the other alternatives out there were the Vic Fangio's of the world. And if Vic Fangio said, you know what, I'm going to stay home this year and sit on my butt after a, a pretty extensive coaching career, I'd rather not coach this year. There's not much you can do about that. But I do at least want to acknowledge that you know, experience within said roles is something that you reflect on this coaching staff. It's another young staff. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I do it. We would be remiss to not acknowledge it Uh, because you listen to Frank Smith talk. And that was one of the things when the hire became announced, I said, okay, great, Kyle. Now you have an opportunity to uh, assess coach Smith and his personality and, and get to hear some of the interviews that he's done over the course of the past year or so and get a feel for who he is as a coach. And there's some quotes that he had and it's like, I could totally see why this guy was somebody who was going to mesh with what Coach McDaniel preaches for how he wants to coach a football team. There was an interview that was done uh, by Frosty Rucker. The interview was conducted by the LA Football Network on YouTube uh, with Ryan Druid and Frosty Rucker. And there were some quotes that I picked up from Frank Smith that, that you hear about his coaching style and uh, kind of resonated with what I think the Dolphins are trying to achieve. First and foremost, uh, he talked about the difference in, in his coaching style from when he first started coaching to where he's coaching now. And there was a quote that he had, in college, you think you get paid by the word, but you get paid for production. So simplify your message. Uh, you think about the education dynamic that you hear Coach McDaniel talk quite a bit anytime he speaks and connecting with players and having a connection with players and and 
tailoring your message to each player in the way that they learn is something that seems as though it's it's been something that Coach Smith has bought into as well. He credited parenthood uh, with the dynamic that impacted his coaching style the most. And he talked about his oldest son and how he was trying to get him to do things, um, but his son wasn't hearing the message. So the reaction was, you have to simple, further simplify the message. Uh, and then from a player assessment perspective, uh, Coach Smith talked about um, an inherent toughness that exists within the game of football. And he said toughness is, is hard to define, and for each individual it's going to mean something different. So instead of evaluating players for toughness, you evaluate their love of the game because there are inherent tasks within each position's role on the football field that you can identify and point to and use that to assess their love of the game. Because whether it's taking on a double team or pursuing a loose ball and a fumble, uh, players will tell you and show you their love of the game in many of those moments. So you know, if you love something, you will sacrifice for it. And sacrificing for it includes doing things that are unappealing and you probably in a perfect world would like not to do, but you need to do because it's a sacrifice for the love of the game. So would recommend, you know, if you want to get to know Coach Smith a little bit, you can pop on YouTube and, and kind of look around and see some of these interviews. And uh, the guiltiest charged YouTube channel had, had described losing Frank Smith to the Dolphins as a, quote, massive blow. Um so he's, this is a well-regarded coach, and he's impressive when you hear him talk, and it's, it's clear to see why his messaging fits along with the messaging of Coach McDaniel. But how these young coaches assimilate to higher-level roles at the NFL level is going to be one of the biggest factors in how much success the Dolphins experience early on with this coaching staff. Football season is over, but basketball is in full steam ahead mode for both pro and college hoops for all your latest odds, totals, player performance props to where to find where the next coach that was fired is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So we got that box checked. Talked about new offensive coordinator Frank Smith. Which brings us to uh, the Miami Dolphins wide receivers. And what we have to do is work through each of the primary players in the Miami Dolphins wide receiver room and assess their performance from last year and how they project forward into this new system that we perceive the Dolphins are going to have. And uh, the good news is from a wide receiver's perspective, there's not too many names we have to dig into because there's only 
two players on this roster from the wide receiver position that got more than 40 targets this year. I'm going to say that again. There are two wide receivers on the roster who received more than 40 targets this past season. It's not exactly how you'd like to draw it up, especially when you're eighth in the league in passing attempts. It is what it is. 615 pass attempts for the Dolphins this season. Jalen Waddle, 140 targets. Devontae Parker, 73. The next wide receiver on the target list is Albert Wilson with 39. Mac Hollins with 28. Isaiah Ford with 17. Preston Williams with 16. Will Fuller with 8. Kirk Merritt, don't want to talk about it. He got three targets. Limbo and Jr. obviously on uh, injured reserve for the season. So let's talk Jalen Waddle. Let's talk the good first. Uh, relative to expectations, um, I think the only complaint that you can have on Jalen Waddle's season this past year was that his per yards production uh, was not where many of us expected that it was going to be, uh, 9.8 yards per catch. But I would also say this. Uh, if you consider Jalen Waddle and his uh, early season usage, versus his total body of work, the games in which he played without Tua Tungvaloa. Buffalo, eight yards per catch on six catches. The Raiders, 12 receptions, 4.8 yards per catch. Those two games, 18 receptions for 106 yards, that dug the hole. And the rest of the year, he was pretty consistently floating around that 11 yards per catch average. And then you get to the last game of the year and they force fed him a couple quick throws to make sure they checked the box and got him the record, which was great. And he finished with five for 27 and a touchdown uh, quite after the opening possession. But Jalen Waddle set the rookie receptions record and did it across 16 games. Uh, he had 104 receptions on the year. 1,015 receiving yards, six touchdowns, uh, seven total touchdowns. He had uh, two rush attempts for three yards and a touchdown uh, and had himself what we should perceive to be a very, very good rookie season. So I'm less worried about assimilating Jalen Waddle into a new offense because Mike McDaniel has gone out of his way several times to screen Jalen Waddle's name from the rooftops as far as a player he's excited to feature within his offense. I would expect that to look like Debo Samuel. Now, in some of the ways, the perimeter screen game, a lot of the stuff that you push vertically and have the underneath route develop across the middle of the field, Waddle is not going to be as physically tough to bottle up as what Debo Samuel is because Debo Samuel's a freak in 210 pounds or whatever. And Jalen Waddle's given up like 30 pounds to that size. So we just need to temper and set our expectations appropriately. Don't expect Jalen Waddle to be running downhill between the tackles. Expect to see Jalen Waddle lined up in the backfield. Expect to see him in the slot. Expect to see him in motion. Expect to see him getting quick hitters and perimeter screen game going. 
there's a lot of different ways that Jalen Waddle is going to continue to be the featured piece of the offense. Now, how they bring in personnel to complement him is the big mystery. But his season this year, especially when you consider he got dug into a super deep hole in weeks two and three, which were played almost exclusively without Tua Tagovailoa, um, I'm not worried about a paltry yards per catch average. I am thrilled and pleasantly surprised with how effective and efficient he was on 140 targets to have 74% catch rate. It's a very high number for that kind of volume. Uh, Showed electric playmaking ability, showed run after catch skills, very good in the open field. And I think as you get better spacing across the entire offense, some of that run after catch uh, will continue to shine. And that's something that coach McDaniel pointed out that his 49ers have led the league in run after catch since he got there, his 49ers, Shanahan's 49ers, that he was a critical part of the staff, I should say. Uh, And there's no better way to get explosive plays than to get your best football players, the ball in space. I would agree. And I'm excited to see what that looks like for Jalen Waddle. I would assess Jalen Waddle's rookie season as an A minus B plus right on that fringe range. He certainly outperformed my expectations and I had extremely high expectations for Jalen Waddle. He was my number one wide receiver in last year's draft uh, coming out. And I do think it bears importance. One last time I will, we will not be talking about it again, Uh, but (laughs) Jalen Waddle's performance uh, in a vacuum should not be compared to Jamar Chase's performance in a vacuum because of the offenses, the respective offenses that they played in. Mike Gusecki, we would be remiss to not mention, does have 112 targets, but he is for the tight end discussion. He is not for wide receivers, which brings us now to Devontae Parker, 73 targets, 40 receptions, 515 yards, 13 yards per catch, two touchdowns, a catch rate of 54.8% or 20% lower than that of Jalen Waddell. Um, played in 10 games, started eight. I don't know how we give Devontae anything other than a C plus for when he was on the field. Um, and if you're factoring in soft tissue stuff again, It's probably lower than that. Um, This is the third consecutive season, or the second consecutive season, I should say, in which Devontae Parker has regressed in every significant statistical category for the Miami Dolphins. In 2019, he had 72 catches for 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns. Took a massive, massive leap in a contract year. Got himself a contract extension with the team. And went from 72 receptions to 63 to now 40. From 1,200 yards to 793 to now 515. Went from nine touchdowns to four to two. Uh, His yards per target went from 9.4 to 7.7 to 7.1. His games played went from 16 to 14 to 10. The best predictor for future performance is past performance. And as much as I, just like everybody else, was very ready to buy in on Devontae Parker 
finally turning the corner. It seems as though his breakout season was a product of the environment of the 2019 Dolphins and playing in a contract here. How does that project forward? Um, There's certainly places that I can see Devontae Parker making sense for the Miami Dolphins in 2022. He's a big-bodied guy. Um, His potential to be a physical presence on the perimeter, uh, not just from the receiving game aspect. You think about some of the wide receivers that San Francisco has gone after, the Juwan Jennings is of the world. Um, I think it could still be a fit, uh, but it is important to note uh, that Devontae Parker is due a $8.75 million cap hit. If the Dolphins were to somehow find a way uh, to trade Devontae Parker, they would save $3.5 million in cap space. If they traded him after June 1st, they would save $6 million in cap space. Uh, He has two years remaining left on his deal. I would not give this player away, um, but I would not be surprised if there was a motivation uh, to try to move on uh, because the trend line is going in the wrong direction. The dollars and cap commitment are extremely high and the payout for that commitment and that, that faith that the Dolphins put in Devontae Parker when they gave him that contract extension, uh, the four-year, $30.5 million contract extension that was signed, it's not working out. And you know, Devontae, when he's healthy, is still capable of being a very dominant presence on the perimeter. But when he's healthy, is such a critical stipulator and it is stipulation, and it's it's not one that you often see materialize, as evidenced by yet another season of missed opportunities and us being frustrated because he's not available when he needs to be for the Dolphins in critical games late in the season. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. Whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, rockauto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price of the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We can make relatively quick work of the rest of this wide receiver group. Albert Wilson, 39 targets, 25 catches, 213 yards, no touchdowns. Mac Hollins, 28 targets, 14 receptions, 223 yards. Four touchdowns. Isaiah Ford, 17 targets, 12 receptions, 161 yards, two touchdowns. Preston Williams, 16 targets, six receptions, 71 yards, no touchdowns. Will Fuller, eight targets, four receptions, 26 yards, zero touchdowns. Kirk Merritt, no longer on the roster. Limbone Jr., injured reserve. Third-year player coming back versatile. I'm most excited for Limbone Jr. out of this group, with the exception of probably Matt Collins. 
but Wilson, expiring contract. Hollins, expiring contract. Ford, expiring contract. Preston Williams, expiring contract. Will Fuller, expiring contract. <laughs> like, uh, you, you get a blank, you get a blank slate at wide receiver. If I were to grade the players, uh, give probably a C minus to Albert Wilson. It would be a D versus the expectations that were set in training camp. But uh, shame on us for buying it on training camp height in general. Uh, I'd give Albert Wilson a C. Uh, Matt Collins, I would give a firm B to four touchdowns on, on 14 receptions. Uh, made some clutch catches throughout the course of the year. He's steadily been progressing as a receiver. Uh, special teams ace. I think if you put special teams in there, he's, he was one of the player, the Dolphins' most proficient players at their respective job. And he's somebody who I would want on my team every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Isaiah Ford, there's a reason he's been on and off the roster 18 million times. Uh, Preston Williams, I think the ship has sailed. I think we can all collectively agree. Um it's probably time to move on. Will Fuller is one of the worst recent memory free agent signings for the Dolphins. Um, again, the, the top of that 2021 wide receiver free agent group was abysmal all around. Uh, Fuller wishing well with his health. Uh, it seems like he just had a, a procedure for his finger. Um, would have been nice to know that Will Fuller sig- suffered injuries of that severe of an extent instead of the mystery veil being laid over top of Will Fuller's status for the entire season. Um, but we wish him well. The, this wide receiver experiment that they had was a complete disaster. Complete disaster. Uh, thank goodness Jalen Waddle exists. Because if Jalen Waddle did not exist, this gets very, very ugly. Uh, and for a team that swung the bat as far as trying to rebuild and bring it in, and you can't control injuries, so Will Fuller, it's one of those things, kind of is what it is, but you knew you were betting on a player with durability issues. And with Devontae Parker, you ran it back with him, and you knew he had durability issues. And we kind of sat on, oh, well, we'll get Preston Williams back after season ender in 2020. And we'll get Albert Wilson back after opting out of the year. And Alan Hearns, who's another guy who hasn't taken a snap for the Dolphins in two years, but is still somehow magically on the roster. Uh, We got to be honest about what we have here. I'd give the collective wide receiver room a C minus. And without Jalen Waddle, it's a D. Severely underwhelming group. And whether or not any of these guys are back, aside of Jalen Waddle, who we know is back, and Lynn Bowden Jr., who I'm excited to see back, and you know whether or not they played their hand well or not well with putting him on IR ahead of the, the roster cut so that they locked him out of coming back at all this past season, uh, those two guys will be back. I would push hard for Matt Collins to be back. Should not be hard if he wants to be here to find a contract extension for him relative to his receiving role on the team. I could give or take all of them, the entire rest of the group. You could tell me they all go. I'm not going to lose an ounce of sleep over. Should be exciting for Tua. It should be exciting for the Dolphins offense. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Make sure you keep it locked in right here. We're going through the rest of the offensive personnel group. We get any more critical hires. We'll be talking about them as well. 
We got power to the pod this week as well. Lots to look forward to. So make sure you hit subscribe. Thanks as always for listening to the show. Kyle Krabs locked on dolphins. Fins up. Make it a good one.